Clevo action. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy Clevo, and this is the 33rd episode of Clevo Actually. And today we have a special guest. It's Anati, uh, an old, uh, old colleague of mine and someone who's been pushing getting skin in the entrepreneurial game and today we're going to be sharing within his journey to find out what inspires him what gets him going and why he decided to start his business that is a leather goods company anything that's made of leather Anati's your man Anati welcome to Clipper Action how you doing no I'm good man uh, thank you for for having me um, hello to all the incredible actually listeners out there um well thank you for being on this journey thank you for actually taking the time to listen to you know our discussion today as uh, you know divulge some of um, you know some of the things that have been going on in the background of um, you know what i've been doing for the past couple of months all right all right welcome welcome so uh, i want to start it here the name of your business right how do i say it i, I didn't want to butcher it that's why i said a leather goods company but give, give the audience the pronunciation so it is ukaha right so ukaha you know like the same way you say kabashi you know it's kaha yeah kaha yeah okay fantastic so hit us with the yeah. spelling for those who want to like uh, google Google that to check it on social media. All right, so Kaha uh, is spelled G X A R H A. So that's G X A R H A. So it's Kaha Leather on you know on Instagram. It's Kaha uh, Leather on Facebook. It is G X underscore Leather on Twitter. So right. G X is uh, yeah. Is the main thing. Okay, I nearly butchered it. I would, I, I would have, I say, I would have said Kara. So now oh, to find nah. out it's Kara, I'm like, oh my goodness, oh, what have I been saying this whole time? You know, having eleven or more official languages just, just hey. turned the game upside down for us South Africans. Now we have to know a bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, um, and. You know, I, I always—it's um, funny how in, in sort of like marketing and branding, they always say choose something that is nice and simple that people will easily remember. And um, so it was. So choosing the name was, you know, and sticking with it, it was, it was a very, um, you know, a very deliberate, you know, uh, intention behind the name because I strongly believe that, you know. In South Africa, we we actually are very pri- privileged to have official languages, eleven official languages, um, you know, within our constitution. There are other African countries with far more languages, but South Africa has the most officially recognized um, languages. So the name Kaha is is uh, first of all, Sistagazelo, as is Duko, of course. You know, so if I was to introduce myself, so my name is Anati Bukani. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. So, yeah, so yeah. that's where the name comes from. So, typically, Ukaha would be the the name that my cousins and I will call each other. You know, okay. um, so it's 
so it's the it's 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 about the strength behind the name the the even the pronunciation there's a strength behind the pronunciation of ukpaha uh, so that is so that's the name so typically all the the young male children in our family you know um especially you know us grown cousins we call each other hey, paha, hey. you know mm-hmm. that so it sort and of like becomes uh yeah, yeah 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 so so that was the so that was like the the idea behind it is number one to to trace it to uh, an ancestral lineage yes you know back to our people but even so uh when you shorten it so the words gx or the letters gx you know those those are very specific um you know uh it's a very specific sound right uh, phonetic if you will it's a very specific uh, phonetic that is um, southern african well it's mm. african first and foremost but southern african specifically yes. spoken within the nguni tribes and mm. the khoi and san people so that in itself just gx uh, which is basically play right yeah. so i just call it because i mean even when you shorten it so that's so that was just one of the so that was the the play on words there on the the company name is mm. to say look as south africans you know we need to import ourselves and part of you know importing uh, i mean sorry not importing exporting ourselves and part of exporting is is the language you know yeah. i think um and and also one of the things that actually really inspired me to keep the name was huawei right mm. um i think huawei spent something like two billion dollars or something so that they would teach people actually how to pronounce the name huawei Uh, today we can pronounce Huawei because they actively stuck to a name that was theirs to a name that they can own and mm. i feel that you know as south africans we shouldn't we shouldn't sell ourselves short in in any way or form yeah well said well said because uh, a lot of uh, african identity especially in branding shies away more from the words that are hard but there's a reward for those businesses that are actually willing to spend the marketing dollars to educate the consumer and to own themselves and to have pride and not conform to the westernized side of things in terms of that but to to bring an african element into the modern world and exporting a piece of african culture goes a long way in educating people about our traditions we come from who we are and that's the importance of that breakdown and teaching people pronunciations and leading them down to the nguni side of things and making them understand that there's implications it's deeply rooted we're not just saying uh or gx or whatever for for no reason this is this is specific to us and it locates us within africa in south africa and that's that's the best marketing decision you could have taken in naming your brand so now yeah. that we've touched on the name i just want to touch on on the logo itself which is um the olden age smoking pipe right <laughs> what inspired that yeah pipe? yeah sure man um so that actually um i'll actually send you a picture of the the original drawing so um so because in so in Kaka I've up until this point I've done absolutely every single thing in the company so I've designed the logo came up with the name I do all the designs I do all the craft uh and how the logo came about was basically obviously it's the play on the G the G letter 
right? Mm. Um, and it's got a very nice, um, it's got a very nice flow. If, if if you look at just the the, the basic character design of the letter, um, and what I wanted to do there was introduce the traditional Kosa smoking pipe, right? Mm. Um, and and I did in the original sketches, and but the pipe was too long, right? Mm. Um, so it, it did not have the um, you know, right now when you look at the logo, it's it's very, it's almost square-like, right? And it fits nicely into the corner. So, um, and the choice behind that was to also modernize the, the traditional smoking pipe. Now, the closest smoking pipe is, uh, it's typically found in, in the older generation, right? Mm. So it's, um, so... So now connecting the words Kaha and the logo goes hand in hand with um, African wisdom, right? So we are from, uh, you know, I'm part of a lineage of um, traditional ways from way back when. Um, and the traditional pipe today is shortened. So we are using the, the shortened version, although they are still the, the long in our, which is you know, the traditional smoking pipe is closer. So that logo, so essentially the change was obviously to, to modernize it and take it to make the design of the logo a little bit more uh, smaller, uh, petite and concise to fit sort of like aesthetically onto um, the, the branding when it goes onto a, a card or bag and so forth. So that was the change there. But also um, you associate a pipe with a bespoke, right? So whenever anyone looks at leather, you've got that element of a bespoke culture. You don't Typically, when you imagine a pipe, you imagine a person in a suit or, you know, ironed pants yes. sitting on a nice, comfortable that. leather chair. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that was the idea. So the pipe carries those elements of bespoke uh, wisdom and tradition as well, because, um, yeah, I mean, typically... Yeah, so, you, you, yeah, so you, you have those elements coming all together to, to form you know, the communication between the wording and, and, and the pipe and the pipe itself. And so that was the that's the visual communication, but also touching back to uh, the traditional elements of this Khasa. But also uh, why I actually chose the the pipe, um, it's also from a favorite painting of mine. Uh, it's uh, Rene Magritte's uh, Surrealist painting, right? Um, you can you can look it up. So it's, it's I'm not gonna butcher the French uh, title of it but okay, it translates right. in english to uh, this is not a pipe right okay and yeah so so basically it's it's a very like realistically painted pipe on canvas and right under it it is handwritten this is not a pipe right and i think that for me for me it was just like actually it's not a pipe but it is a pipe right mm. so when you look at Baha and the logo it's it's you're not just looking at a logo you know you're looking at heritage you're looking at mm. a culture of people um even so <clears throat> uh, leather itself right it forms part of key traditional moments or features of african custom um amalobola cows even though in in modern times we, we we've changed it to more of a financial element but it still carries that notion of cow um, cows were used as were used as a traditional uh, representative of wealth it still is today actually um in you know yes. in 
in, in our culture. When we do traditional ceremonies, you know, you, you have the grading. You can do it with a goat, you can do it with a sheep, but you do it with a cow. It speaks a whole different language to, to whoever yeah, is attending your African traditional ceremony. In the African culture, when you hear about we swing it's like that is a rich it's big <laughs> it's big it's like we can all it's big from this. <laughs> yeah so when you look at the you're not just looking at leather crafts uh, craftsmanship you're not just looking at you know what you put in your pocket or what you carry around your shoulder you're looking at all these things intertwined and coming into like this holistic uh you know this holistic picture of multiple elements being interwoven into this item that you carry so and you know when somebody collects an, an item of value right you i think it's very important to actually know the story um, of what you're actually carrying and you know that is what I and that's what I want people to take away from collecting itraha is to say you know you're not just buying something that I am good at but there's 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 a lot more in, in this there's the, the decisions culture. you're buying into your people yeah. you're buying into yeah. your lifestyle there's so many layers that are involved in yeah. this that are very exciting once you understand that okay this is not a wallet this is purely african yeah. this is cultural this is deeply rooted this is all these lovely things but the beautiful thing yeah. is i get to carry a part of african history a part of african's yeah. culture in my pocket every day so yeah kudos to that and um i just yeah. want to find out <clears throat> why why leather and how did you stumble into this because as far as <laughs> i know i i did not foresee any leather goods coming from you but where's the inspiration where 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 did the spark come from and the passion for this it you know it takes back to you know our former place of employment mm-hmm. where you know you meet so many people there and i think the the one level of inspiration that i draw from from that experience is mm-hmm. um, never giving up you know the it's people who come to you with these big gleaming eyes of hope determination and commitment to to actually see themselves get through the day make you know make the sun shine in the uh, on their lives so the spirit of entrepreneurship for me was really born there um growing up you know uh when we first came to Joburg i think i was around 6 7 years old um my mom i think after like a year or so she she lost her job and I so one of the ways within which she she sort of like kept us going was she used to bake a macuinha and I used to be the runner you know um so cuz within that year I actually couldn't attend school because she couldn't afford it so she she used to make a macuinha my brother was just one at that time was only a couple months old so she couldn't be out there on the street to bake like two buckets of macuinha and I'd be there you know little 7 year old in petamacuinha five up you know so that 
and and to me like seven year old you know like that was completely erased from my memory yes. um, up until i i started working it away um away to again you can say so, it. you can say it it yeah. was a great place <laughs> it was a great place man yeah so yeah up until i got there it was that's that's when i sort of like started drawing similarities to say wow um people people have got hope out there they they don't give up they they just mm. push on and you don't know what it is about them that keeps them going but yeah. they're just going it's just so it's the spirit so then off of that spirit i decided to actually do the 100 rand challenge i think you had left at this point mm-hmm. um so i decided to do a 100 rand challenge myself right took 100 rand and then i started making scones right Uh, then I started selling them at the office. I remember I started in art. <laughs> wow. The most awkward thing I ever did. Wow. Yeah. Um I I, I think I lasted 30 minutes if I'm being honest. So then anyway, I go to the office. <laughs> It's a crazy experience. Get to the office, the neighbor just gave me like, "Hey, and then what's with the scones?" I'm like, "I'm selling these." And then sold out, right? Um, and that. then I kept on doing it. Yeah? Imagine that. So, Bro, so anyway, so I kept on doing that for like the next couple of weeks and then I started adding uh I added butter, then I added jam, mm. I added cream. Obviously these these were condiments that I was like sort of like charging an extra 1 rand, 2 rand for yeah. um uh, in the office. So yeah, and and this was because I was like, well, I can't work in an entrepreneurial environment and not actually know what these guys go. Yeah. You know, otherwise I was, I was being yeah. a hypocrite. You know? Yes. Um uh, and then I was there. What do they call that thing? <laughs> There's a specific term. Imposter. Um, false um false identity. No, no. Um it's a it's common, it's trending now where uh yeah. imposter syndrome. That's the Yeah, word. imposter syndrome, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, so it was imposter syndrome for me. I was like, "No, man, let me let me actually see what these guys go through." And for me that 100 rand challenge sort of like gave me perspective to say, "Well, It's 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 not about what you have it's about the ideas you have and how you execute them mm. with those closest to you uh, I mean I remember meeting a guy who he he worked at um, this this mine this mining company I forgot I think it was AEG or something this guy um I mean from the 100 rand challenge he he started doing washing cars in in his neighborhood I mean not in his neighborhood in his um enclosed the the name is escaping me now uh, the complex yeah okay. started washing cars in the complex he had a much bigger idea but from that idea he made like 6 7000 rand within within a week and he kept wow. on going yeah. so so it was about so for me i was like okay that that done sorry i'm i'm actually digressing so anyway after that i i opened my first business um from from there then i went on to the rosebank market selling food um developed these cone things um so sold them at the office went to rosebank that was good opened a shop in maboneng um oh wow now, hey we haven't connected in a long time <laughs> it's been <laughs> yeah from one place to the next man and from 100 rand right imagine just imagine that so How many people take the very same 100 <laughs> rand and just buy a couple of beers for highly good i mean i'm guilty of that too <laughs> you yeah. know like how But do i take seeing, in seeing it in a different light it's the same 100 yeah 
it can do this for you, but it can also do this. You still there? No, 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 no. I think shut down like four months into it, because we because we thought it was would be cheaper to operate thirty days in a month rather than one day every Sunday. But the hard lesson there was that the market generates people to buy from you versus you generating people to buy from you on an independent space. So that was a huge learning curve because a lot of money went into developing the space um, and not enough budget was left for marketing. So that was like my, my first hardcore. Also, we priced ourselves out of, because remember, at Rosebank Market, we can charge a certain price. We were on the outskirts of Maboneng, right? We were not in the center. After obviously, you know, having sold the the scones and you know the cones at the office, so transitioned naturally to the Sunday markets. And from the Sunday markets, we we then moved to to Maboneng, right? So at the market, we were seeing some some good some good success, uh, made a decent amount of money, and you know we thought, well. You know, let's let's make this a full-time thing. And mind you, at the time, we, we still had full-time jobs, my girlfriend and I at the time. And um, we thought, you know, let's let's do this, you know, full-time uh, while we still hold our jobs. My little brother was going to actually run the shop. And uh, yeah, hard lessons in business. Mm. You know, um, certainly priced ourselves way out of the market because we had prices set for you know the Sunday market and the everyday person was not necessarily willing to pay uh, what we what we were charging so that's where you know some of the hard lessons in business were learned um, so yeah after having opened that up for about four months I got an opportunity to go work abroad um, now before I left away to there was a guy who was selling perfumes and this is what essentially sort of led to the story of Baha was that the guy who was selling perfumes we, we actually watched a couple of videos on YouTube of this lady making fragrances because this guy um, was selling premixes right so there's there's a company um, out there by by greenside that makes like um, pre-mix of you know fragrances and then you mix it with like fragrosol and stuff like that and then you produce your own perfumes and you sell them right mm. so they sort of they, they, they reverse engineer uh, popular fragrances and then they offer it to the general public yes. to remake and resell right so that was a huge part but now what I was trying to teach this guy who was part of my portfolio was you know let's use the money because uh, we had not dispersed to him the the grant funds yet so i was like to him well let's disperse the money to actually buy the essential oils so he'd be blending his own fragrance right um and there we were i think i think we had like an hour and a half consultation we, we looked at like multiple youtube videos we basically got this thing down and you know i'd help this guy through so and then for me that that sort of like gave me an idea that like oh man I actually wouldn't mind making these myself but then obviously I could not use this idea because I had now bestowed on someone else and I was coaching him to try and 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 do this unfortunately conflict he did not follow through with that yeah conflict of interest exactly exactly so anyway I I parked it you know left it 
Barabarit, um, we went through. But yeah, so I went to a, went went abroad, and this just kept on, you know, chowing in the back of my mind, like, okay, you know, you want to do this, you know, you want to do this. So and then um, I remember coming back after a year, um, and then I started like planning, you know, on how I'd actually like do this. I put it onto like. Um, spreadsheets I was, I was doing my research you know went to find essential oils yeah man you know I was, I was i was looking at um you know where do i find these essential oils how do they mix you know what's the most basic fragrance i can make you know i, I actually knew like you know you have your top note middle note uh, bottom mm-hmm. note kind of uh, fragrances and you know i actually learned a lot about fragrance um i mean i still have that information now so how it came about when I was actually looking at packaging because I was like, well, how do I, I'm going to make this thing. I do not have the budget of an established company to redesign a whole new glass bottle, you know, or, mm. or a whole new metal bottle. I, I don't have that kind of budget. I can't just walk into somewhere and ask them, make me a new bottle. So I was like, okay, how do I make this unique? Um, how do I make this, you know, fragrance unique? Um, and then I saw this beautiful so after like i went through pinterest like oh, like i went through pinterest my 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 design unique uh, bo- uh, bottle design and fragrance design unique and then i saw this one bottle design by uh, diesel it was a wooden box it was a very mm-hmm. nice wooden box but like the you lift the box and it's still attached to the to the glass right so that, that then now sort of like, I then I started thinking like that because, um, so I studied fine art at Vits and I used to spend a lot of time in the wood workshop. So, um, cause I, I used to make um, life-size sculptures, um, woodland sculptures. So that's sort of uh, specialized in design and sculpture. So having done that, I was like, okay, I don't have the equipment to make, you know, uh, um, wooden, bottles or wooden encasings for a bottle so then i don't like i'd like to tell the truth i don't know where the idea of leather came from it's probably on pinterest mm. but i was like okay cool actually let me let me do leather because leather you know you just buy it and you just ask someone to make it for you or you just find a company and then once again the the entrepreneur in me said but you know, this is a cost that is, you know, I now have to find someone. And within finding that someone, I have to make the time to go and get these things to plan and all of that and all of that. So then I was just like, okay, you know what? You are handy. You're good with your hands. Um, see, you know, learn learn leather craft out of the blue. Oh. Um, and also it helped that I was stuck in, um, in Garden Court in, in, in Durban because... Um, I was part of the crew, um, the sailing crew who had come in uh, from cruise ships to to Durban. So once we had come in, we spent two weeks there. And that's when I then started watching and consuming like hours and hours of uh, leathercraft videos. That, that sort of like gave me the fuel that I needed to then. So, so and yeah. I suppose, and from then on, I think that's when I, you know, I, I started like researching, you know, what is leather? Um, how do we 
working with leather and still one of the oldest um you know it's it's one of the oldest artisanal uh, professions that we have in the world you know it's uh, something like uh, yo like 40000 bc where people just needed basic things to keep warm so leather craft is seriously seriously old and to this day there are only two ways within which leather is um, is tanned right so you get leather tanning so from basically there's there's a process in how leather is actually made uh actually leather is made so you get the hide so after let's say um the the cow or the 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 sheep or or whatever animal has been um has been killed um will then have their hide right so mm. now the animals obviously so leather is essentially a byproduct of the meat industry right yeah. so once once they have the the skins so that is still hide well if if it, if so there are different types of animals right so the big animals like your cows your elephants your buffalo so those are your bovine uh, bovine uh, animals right so the big big animals so you, so those are your bovine animals so those actually give you hides the smaller animals give you skins so you have your sheep skin your um, your ostrich skin you have your goat skin so the smaller animals will give you skins and the big animals will give you hides Mm. So once you go from so once you go from the leather hide it then goes through a, a process called tanning right now tanning is is a process within which you then get leather right um and now the ancient way of leather tanning is vegetable well not vegetable it's veg tan leather right so by veg tan essentially it's it's when they use natural elements so like your flowers your fruits and stuff like that they um they use that to actually color the to color the the leather right so that's called veg tan um that's veg tanning right wow. so using natural elements so like your your leaves and so forth then the other way is uh, chrome tanning salts and the the veg tan process is is actually it's 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 the longest process that we know uh, in historically speaking so essentially it was the first way within which people were converting hides into leather right and then chromium tanning came about in the industrial um in the industrial revolution so where they discovered chrome is that it take essentially it can take up to between 4 to 6 months before it's actually ready as usable leather right so before before a craftsman such as myself can work with it it may take up between yeah between 4 and 6 months um some companies go even longer up to you know a year and a half Uh, depending on what kind of you know um style they're going for so that's that's your s- supremely luxurious leather mm. your chromium tan however um it literally takes 2 days well just about between 2 and 3 days wow. to, to 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 tan the leather so there's there's a huge economic factor between the two ways now there isn't so it's it's, it's impossible 
impossible to prove which way is better um there's is this very it's very difficult to to actually differentiate the the quality essentially the same right it's basically exactly the same and the difference is, is just the time it takes um the only major difference is that um chromium tanning is it's a bit more detrimental to the environment so those 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 are the two different things um that that you find some of the articles that i've read on on the two differences is that veg tan sort of like burns a white smoke and a chromium tan burns a black smoke okay um and also some of the other you know major key differences is that with chromium tans you get a far bigger range of colors so you get far more colors when you um in the chromium tanning process than you do in the veg tanning process so so that's that's essentially like uh, the background into you know the construction of leather and how we actually get to leather um and then there are also different tiers of leather so you get your full grain leather so essentially traha works with full grain leather now that's what you want right mm-hmm. you want full grain leather whatever product you have you want full grain leather and then the next in full grain they are very similar but the main difference is that with full grain leather it's 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 stronger than top grain leather but it's got all the scars of the animal so it's got all the the, scr- the stretch marks it's got all the you know it's got all the damage to it mm. right top grain leather um is where all of that is buffed out so it's made so it's just a little bit thinner than full grain leather um because obviously you're trying to go for for better finish a higher quality finish and um so that's like one of the main two so if anyone is so as just personal advice is that if you're looking to buy a leather item look for full grain or top grain leather that's that's like the best that that's essentially going to get right so leather i mean right. cow hide which is almost a centimeter thick of leather all right so they normally split that yeah so they normally split that um and the split is what you typically find so your suede is the same a leather split refined and you know that's why like um, it's so sensitive because it's the inner part so your top grain um is essentially the outer skin of 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 the animal right and so that's more conducive for sort of like the elements and then your suede is more of the the, the inner part so the fine all of these complexes that 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 you find what you don't want is genuine leather um i know a lot of uh south leathers genuine leather is essentially after all the splits and everything um they they sort of like reglue it it's like sawdust it's what they do with sawdust you wow. know um after okay. they sand down the oak and and it's brilliant um it's it's yeah it's essentially that and then they they sort of like mix it with um so you you find that like it's it's mixed with plastics and so forth so the biggest that's test crazy. um yeah man so you that's why they, I, they I, so- I as a regular joe that knows 
not so much about leather. <laughs> Always thought general leather was everything. No, 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 no. That explains why Tuffy's as a shoe that claimed to be genuine leather is really <laughs> like a shit shoe. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty wow. much. Yeah, right. because it's 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 literally you know. Also, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, that's why. Uh, so one of the videos that I watched was that like, why do you think they they someone is gonna work so hard to sell you genuine leather? It's because it's not. So, so just to give you an idea, um, full grain leather is about six times stronger than top grain leather on. on well like it's it's give or take right okay. so so that's how strong leather is um when you talk about genuine leather genuine leather is it's like a mix of like glues and plastic and trust me it it can it can be finished to a very good finish you know where you think that this is actually really good leather but if you put a flame to it it's going to burn immediately right whereas leather actually does not it takes a long time for you to burn leather it'll take um so so, so i've done this experiment in you know in my studio where it, it'll take a good maybe 20 to 30 seconds before you even start smelling anything of burning you know that's 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 how leather that's how you know leather is real huh that's a good youtube video yeah yeah so but i mean i wouldn't advise anyone to do that like a, a fortune 500 bag <laughs> or okay, one of my okay. products yeah but literally with genuine leather items you put a flame to it it'll catch fire immediately you know and and that's how you can tell the differences between between those uh, um, so yeah that's just, genuine leather is not all that it's Yeah, <laughs> advertised this, to be. this is great um, this is great information i think my my listeners will appreciate that that heads up from someone who genuinely understands leather and has taken the time to delve deep into the craftsmanship into the history into the background and into the various ways that it could be uh reimagined so take us through the journey of designing yep. your own line and what uh, why you decided to start with the items you started with and as well what future items you would like to explore as part of your brand and its growth in general the videos that i watched initially was were all card holders right mm-hmm. um So it was all card holders and it was the easiest way to get into leather craft because card holders are far more forgiving because you're using far less leather right so you you can make more mistakes and fix them um well not not fix them within the one that you mess up but if you buy one big piece of leather you can make multiple multiple wallets right or multiple card holders because you you have the luxury of of the size that allows you to practice more and more and more and more and more mm. so when i started um yeah i think i bought maybe five hides um in total before 
So the first two highs I was not really impressed with. Um, and I think from the first two highs that I produced, I must have made about 30 wallets um, before I was actually genuinely happy to say, okay, you know, now I'm getting somewhere. Um, but it would not have cost me as much if I had decided to start off by making a bag, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So it was forgiving in that sense. But also from a business strategy, you know, uh, when you when you speak of like a minimum viable product, yeah. Uh, card holders are also they also allow that you know it allows me to actually test the market to see you know how how you know how 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 are people taking to the brand how are people receiving the brand what do they think of all these concepts um around leather so that that is that is like a really important thing for me to do so that is why i started with card holders and wallets because I had that room to to test on and perfect my craft. Then I slowly moved up to bags uh, with one or two clients. Um, I made, I think right now in my studio, I've got about five bags that I'm not prepared to sell because, yeah, let's just say, you know, once again, another learning curve, but this time a little bit more expensive. Mm, yeah. Um, I slowly... I slowly, I slowly introduced the zips and metals into into my bag designs. So those are not fully out yet. So those are um, so that's me bags. Or when I get clients with uh, an item, um, and you know I can officially count myself there. You know that that was that was that was like the the plan and to say you know if I'm going to scale up start to take a lot and then move on that but I know we take a lot if I get good reviews that is how I can basically you know back my product yeah, so I just saw that that, that, that I loved it there. get a very like right here I was actually lucky to to get the space um, because it's, it's nice and big, you know, uh, I can store my stuff, I can, you know, work, there's this, like, I think there's there's enough space to, you know, work with two more people in the space comfortably. Um, and that is the next goal, is, you know, finding a t- the business. Uh, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's been a harrowing experience, I won't lie, because, you know, it, it did not pick up as, as quickly as I wanted. Mm. Um, because you know and and this is the this is the challenge with 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 any sort of like small business especially like now because you know who's a business in the middle of covid right uh where where jobs are not so Klacha was you know a way for me to keep sane but also to provide a, a a very high quality to product the brand to 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 its next phase um you know that's where you know I, I went to like nyda because i needed you know access to markets and and, and that sort of thing and so because you know access to markets because that's, that's sort of like uh, one of the biggest things that i find with entrepreneurship is that you know you need you 
you need a help to <laughs> to get you into the to the right spaces to the right yeah. offices you need people who you know who have an i you know who've, who've, who've navigated the space mm-hmm. so it's because at the end of the day you know it's not it's it's not so much the product and quality that you produce but rather how you get it out there you know um, another reason why i'm i'm very passionate about you know continuing the story of vipas because i feel as though in the middle of an african re- uh, renaissance right so ipa to uh drip mofire mm. you know you look at these brands and these these are companies that are embracing uh, i mean if ikota joe for example you know like these these south african specific items um, our passion into you know what does it actually mean to be south african what does it mean to enjoy a south african product you know proudly south african product mm. and what we are seeing with like your mofires your batus your trips and so forth is that south africa is very very supportive you know um and i think we patriotic um and not just from you know the 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 brands the the consumable things that people buy like for example um, i mean I, i spend a lot of time on youtube and for some reason i, I like watching you know review videos yeah and, i do that too uh reaction videos sorry yeah and what i find that like in in those reaction videos you know their numbers are high because of south africans yes i get that one. most like a lot of those guys are getting high numbers because south africans are referring to south and they are mainly popular because of a south african audience that is passionate about south african music and mm-hmm. how south africans want to export their music so for me that gives me a, and like if you look at like the trajectory of ipa to a trip south africans are buying south african you know and that is where like and for me that's like the whole notion of you know the south african renaissance comes in for me or the black renaissance comes in for me is to say um we are in a very opportune position where south africans like i know we complain a lot about our country but our people are actually very passionate about our country um and that gives me hope you know when i start to how am i different from ipads you know we've got ipads cool that's what you put on your feet we've got tepo jeans we're african and then you know um south african specifically because you know and i think one of the key influences of this was of course um you know black panther because finally you know i, I mean i had become sick of like slave and apartheid movies because oh yes it was a psychological reinforcer of an inferior position right mm-hmm. yeah so for me like i mean i as much as people wanted to like tell the story of the tragedy for me all it did was reinforce that like black people are subjugated and continue being subjugated and that is a psychological reinforcement that people necessarily immediately associate now when black panther came out it it destroyed all of that and it was so refreshing to actually watch a film that celebrated what it meant to be just african you know just mm-hmm. um culturally advanced you know to be culturally in control to culturally 
integrate because if you look at like black panther it's it's actually cultural integrations of other african cultures can you imagine if um these cultures were not divided by um you know our historical background so it was so refreshing to see something like that exactly you know and so that is where i feel that in history this is where we are where we are saying um and i think everyone had also become fatigued like most people that i speak to we we all became fatigued by you know the struggle or the plight of the black person yeah you know um, progress um, and that is why i believe exactly exactly you know and that's where and that's that's where black panther came in and i think that's why it is the success that it is today mm. is because it created that where black people actually see themselves as empowered as victors as so and and for me that is where i see um and that's where i make the connection between you know your batus your morphias your your tepo jeans your latumas these are brands where um and also if if you think about it you know um south africa is is actually the um luxury destination in the african continent like santin for a lot of people um you know uh, i spoke to you know a lot of people come to south africa from other african countries they really actually revere johannesburg i mean we i mean i love joburg because i've grown up here my entire life and mm. i'm passionate about it but for someone who comes from outside of joburg it's 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 sort of equivalent to sort of like you know going to new york or london yeah. and is yeah. but you know i'm passionate about that so and that's and that's where the idea um or the concept of an african renaissance for me is to say well if this is if this is the influence that we have on the rest of the continent then you know why not add to that catalog of you know african um african identity and african products that africans can be actually proud of and south africans can be proud of you know, that speak the story of your your louis vuitton i mean it's it's crazy i was i was listening to the story of like um louis vuitton the man the man louis vuitton himself he walked something like 292 miles from Angers in France all the way to Paris where he actually uh, was trained in um in 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 making a trunks uh, travel trunks you know before he started his own Louis Vuitton um company and this is a company that's i think it's 185 years old so you have these stories where you know you look at these big brands today and you think wow louis vuitton or like wow gayard or hermes like mm. these are companies that have such a very like long and steep history that was created by their people that you know and for me it's it's a question of you know 400 years from now because if we look at 400 years in into our past we can easily complain and say this this and that but four year 400 years from this point on forward you know what will the what will that generation be saying you know um what do we if, contribute to that conversation exactly exactly and for me it's 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 seriously huge that you know as africans i mean i understand that you know we want to we want to be a part of you know these big companies and so forth we want to be a part of the table um i'm of the opinion that like okay cool um you don't want us on your table we'll just build our own 
it's, uh, we add a salad dinner. There's plenty of tables. Let There's us, plenty of tables. Yeah, let us construct <laughs> one that is purely ours from system. Exactly. To the back end. Yeah. Whatever is on that table, let it be uniquely us and speak to our way of life and our aspirations and how we ultimately yeah. want to live, how we want our kids to live, our grandchildren. Let, let us have a say, yeah. you know? Exactly. You know, so so for me, it's, it's not to say that the fight to be included is, is, you know, should be stopped. No. What I'm saying is, there should be an element of saying, okay, while those guys are fighting the good fight, because I also think it's a personality thing. They have people who are very good at that fight, Mm. But at the same time, let's 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 also look at what needs to happen in the background. We need to be building our own systems. We need to be um, establishing our own systems to to uplift ourselves, our people, and so forth. Whilst trying to, because it's um, I was looking at um, you know the influence of of hip hop and sort of like culture, right? Yeah. You, like there are so many brands that owe their success to hip hop, mm-hmm. you know. Like you, you know, earlier on I mentioned Louis Vuitton, Gucci. Like these, these are brands where yes, they were already like successful without rap lyrics to sort of elevate them higher. But their brands grew in so much more value where people, you know, started rapping about them and talk about them. Like if you look at like you know Tupac and Hennessy if you look at mm. Jay-Z and Crystal although like Jay-Z and Crystal are not a thing anymore but uh, it's Ace of Spades but, but, but you look at these captured moments exactly you know you, you you look at these brands where I mean you look at like black like for, for example there's so many things where black people made it cool and the rest of the world just followed and are trying to 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 be black know, man, without it's... none of the burden. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like this weird thing, and I don't mean to like racialize this conversation. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's, there's 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 power in in being black. I'm I'm, I'm a very you know um, I'm highly pro black because you know we're the only race that has our hair, and I don't get why that is you know why that bothers so many people and why they want to change it. I feel like our hair should be the envy of every other race because all of them look exactly the same, whereas mm. ours is, is is different. My it, man, it if, if I wanted different, yeah, yeah. Look, I can I can make my hair, you know, I can dye it blonde and shape it like a super saiyan hair if I want without gel. You know what I mean? Mm. So. And and that's like that's one of the crazy things where I'm just like, there's so much value in in who we are that we don't actually have to. I mean, we we don't have to look down on anyone else, and all we have to do is just embrace who we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, so like that's why you know I'm I'm a. So that's that's essentially you know what 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 brings back to um, you know that what makes the whole Klaha story. Um, where it is today is to say, well, I want to create a brand where it is it is entrenched within the African soil and African meaning. Um, so, which is why the name, the logo, um, obviously the leather ties in naturally into that conversation around that. 
um, but it is to create institutions and to add to current institutions of you know African legacy, right? Mm. Um, I'd, I'd love for South African to not just be known for you know our minerals that we dig up every year because let's be honest those are finite items mm. we need to also start looking at you know what can we actually what can we create and export people will always need clothing people will always need something to drink people will always need and that's what we need to like export to the world also our culture is what we need to export to the world because we are a very beautiful continent and place and part of our product offering is our cultural um cultural element and that is what we also that needs to be part of the conversation of an african product you know that's that that's that for me um, plays a vital role uh, a pivotal role in you know how we see ourselves and the the potential for african greatness i i, I want to touch on one last thing before we cap it off and it's it's something you mentioned earlier and saying as uh, small businesses uh, struggle with uh, being out there as someone um, running a, a marketing agency myself I'm uh, mm-hmm. I, I I meet that and the whole point why I started this uh, marketing agency goes back to when we were out there and I went to projects and I got to see the gaps and the understanding of marketing which is why I went mm-hmm. to studied marketing <clears throat> specialized in it just to yeah. have a, a, a grasp on the subject matter and try to actually realize where the wires get mm. crossed between entrepreneurs and their understanding of marketing and the applications of it and the implications of what happens yeah. when it goes horrible what happens when you don't invest <laughs> enough in it what happens when you yeah. executed brilliant and I, 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 I found that there's there's a gap in the market which I'm trying to fill where I'm creating solutions uniquely for small businesses uniquely for entrepreneurs uniquely for brands that are starting out uniquely for someone who has an idea but doesn't have a name doesn't have a yeah. direction doesn't have a tone of voice doesn't understand those intricacies yeah. how has your marketing journey been as a, an entrepreneur and how do you think you've been empowered to exploit the various tools available to you Sure. Um, I think, you know, the the biggest thing is, um, I think I'm I'm lucky to be a part of this generation, where I've got you know social media, I've got all these apps, you know, I've I mean, my my entire business, um, and also because I've got a I've got skills in. Um, you know, having studied fine arts, I was exposed to Photoshop. I was exposed to video editing. I was exposed to, you know, just in general working with my hands, um, and that gave me the confidence to to actually, you know, I gave me the confidence to actually um, 
you know be able to do these things so now when when i started my my business you know the alternative to photoshop was canva you know the mm. the yes. the alternative to uh, the video editing software was inshot the the alternative to you know so the the all these tools that are, that are then started using to sort of you know i didn't need to pay someone to to make my logo to to design my stuff i could do it all myself all in house so there's that element now the marketing side is is not necessarily easy so although i can produce the content you know it still costs money to to put out an ad on facebook to put out an ad on on youtube well i haven't taken out an ad on youtube but like to put out an ad on instagram so that has been quite pricey um cuz I, i i invested a lot of um of that in the beginning of my business and i think that was the wrong time to invest in marketing at that stage of the business because uh, there's there's a lot of pivoting that happens you know there's mm. a lot of like figuring um and i think i think one of the lessons that i learned there was that because you know i was building and flying this thing at the same time mm. maybe i should have kept it a little bit more quiet and kept it a little bit more at home oh, before exposing it now that. you now you touching on the right string which <laughs> is the beauty of having someone with insights that can tell you that listen my guy word of mouth <laughs> is your best friend right now because really yeah. what you're doing is still pretty much uh a makeshift and you're not yeah. able to even handle the demand that would come from opening the floodgates exactly you would have a lot of unhappy customers with unmet demands <laughs> and that makes your business reputation very much hanging in the balance which is something that happened to someone a guy on Instagram called MacG who came out with a clothing line G and he couldn't keep up with the demand these guys who had not received <laughs> for two years jeez you understand that he got such an influx without a capacity yeah you see <laughs> so i mean it's it's kind of a catch 22 you know because you want the exposure to generate money mhm you know it's 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 a hard balance i mean i like i like what supreme does though so So there's there's a model um that Supreme follows in you know creating a limited edition. I suppose that's one way of doing. It. Mm-hmm. But if one doesn't have let's say for example maybe I need to take pre-orders to make the orders but now if I get too many pre maybe I should have kept it at like maybe 10. For example the guy that you just mentioned. Um yeah cuz you know sometimes and, I and remember <laughs> you're in business for profit so the more Exactly the more you rush to hire before you're ready now you have yeah. to train people to show them how to do something that you yourself are still in the conceptualization and validating area of which now doesn't really leave much room for you to work on the business you'll be caught yeah. working in the business and therefore when it comes time for you to deliver the next level product it never comes because you are still very much engaged in the past successes and 
are for yeah. to find your new areas of incompetence that will lead you to your new competence. Exactly. Yeah. So it's marketing to a lot of people and I I heard you talking Facebook ads marketing advertising branding those those people use those interchangeably and they they're not yeah. interchangeable those are pieces no. branding is a piece of this, um, of marketing advertising is a piece of marketing the thing is it's so broad that you can make those mistakes in thinking you executing one when you actually executing the other and yeah and yeah it's a very intricate thing and people just um, <laughs> they, people think it's it's a thing that you can just wake up and do you know and when it doesn't yeah. work it, it it reveals itself to say you didn't really need a website right now type of thing no. so now you have this thing that's supposed to be an asset gathering dust because you didn't listen or you didn't consult with someone that actually knows why <laughs> why and when you need a website you just know that oh. at a business you need a website but now you have it and it's not an asset that's generating business but it's a liability that you are paying yeah on a monthly basis and it doesn't even over time match the cost that you spend exactly so that's why i decided to create i'm actually working on writing a, a, a ebook on yeah on the importance of marketing for small businesses and yeah especially in a south african context you know i'm talking a one man show to a 10 man show like how to get started with it. what are the basics what are the more advanced features when do you feel yeah. is the right time to leap from this stage to this stage type of stuff just to offer that guidance because it's very much lacking and and a huge part you fortunate because you've been exposed to the 24 week plan a huge yeah. part <clears throat> an oversight that is very punishable in business that a lot of entrepreneurs have is market research people yeah. always find a way to convince themselves that their idea is the best thing under the sun <laughs> and when they are met by an unfriendly cold shoulder market they are surprised yeah why doesn't anyone see how brilliant this idea is the idea might be brilliant i i i i'm busy reading a, a number of marketing books you know and one of yeah. them it states that um it's better to have a great marketing strategy and a shit product than to have a shit product <laughs> and a great you understand uh, or a great product yeah. and a shit marketing strategy because at the end yeah. of the day a great marketing strategy gets you to sell ton of shit products even though there's no return business but a shit yeah. marketing strategy and a great product is no one gets to experience that great product because you haven't been able to communicate it the right way 
Yeah. So that's and, that's the the my tipping point on why I started doing what I'm doing and my contribution to the African narrative is how yeah. to create the language needed by small businesses, small African brands to connect with uniquely African South African people. And I think like one of the biggest things is obviously the so just coming from like a sales um cuz in the past two years I've been my job is primarily been sales but what i found is that like you know people really like the story of of actual brands like cuz you know people are invested in something they want in, in something they understand and nothing you know speaks better than a story or understanding the story behind what they are buying or what they are owning mm. um Can't. and i think yeah like content is is like if if you look at like Nike ads for example Nike doesn't necessarily sell you like sneakers anymore unless they have like some sort of sale or like the department mm-hmm. store is selling they sell you a, a, a lifestyle yeah you know and and that's what and that's what connects people to you know um a product is once they understand and enjoy the story then they can see the value in how good the product actually is and i think for me that was like one of the you know i mean i i did a whole i did a video and i put it up on youtube um because i wanted to invite people into the story of itlaha because otherwise it gets lost in the other millions of card holders and makers out there because to be mm. quite honest I'm not exactly unique in in my product offering. The story however is what separates from uh separates me from the rest. Um you know it's 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 helping people to understand that there there are these elements that's that sort of like come into play. And you know when you talk about branding which is you know which is um which is what I'm trying to create is a good brand. But and and i think for me branding you know it's is how people actually associate to what you are offering you know because i think brands are built by people because if people <laughs> don't necessarily um like who you are then you know the brand doesn't necessarily matter mm. but if people embrace the story and like you know whatever you're offering then the brand gains momentum I, i think i mean obviously you know a lot better than me um when it comes to like branding but i think brands are built on you know the 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 thoughts of the people who actually interact with what you are offering and the brand then gets carried by people rather than yes you reinforce it by what you say and what you put out but it's people who actually carry it in how they perceive and receive um the brand that 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 you have and that brand you know if you overpromise and underdeliver is easily destroyed mm. but not necessarily the actual product but rather the opinions and the you know the position yeah. mind of the consumer all of these exactly all of these nuances can be toppled 
by a failed service delivery. Whereas even we as small businesses don't even have the systems in place for CRM, which is customer relation management <laughs> on how you can even begin to repair the relationship that's broken by let's say a card hole that it's delivered and it has a fault it's always yeah. going to be tough to if you don't have the processes on how what's our exchange policy what's how do we handle the yeah. complaints what's the standard like uh, a line that we we post when someone on social media says they're not impressed we don't have all yeah we're just shooting from the hip and the danger of shooting from the hip is that one you might say the wrong thing and two exactly consistency and show that actually this is a mickey mouse club type of (laughs) genuine you know yeah so the layers the layers we could go on and on the whole entire day but um we've spent quite some time on it um i want to thank you for being on the show but we're not really done with the conversation um it's it's yeah interesting conversation that we've had today of what i would like to do is do a follow-up uh interview where we can be uh in your in your workspace and have the conversation and get the imagery and get the video of you interacting with uh, the product so people can actually get a sense and of, of what the business is and the passion. So we'll, we'll definitely follow up on that. I'm keen for it, man. Definitely keen on it. So uh, once again, where can uh, my followers find you and follow you? So on Instagram, it is Klacha, G-X-A-R-H-A, uh, Klacha underscore leather. On Instagram, on Facebook, it's Klacha leather. And on Twitter, it is G-X underscore leather. And how would someone go about purchasing uh, your product? So, uh, oh, um, there's, there's take a lot. And uh, on YouTube, it's the Afro Craftsman. Sorry, I forgot to. So I'll just be putting up some content on there. So on YouTube is just the Afro Crossman, but um, so right now uh, I've got card holders on Take a Lot. Right. So yeah, so so that's that's one avenue, and then um, for for bigger items, so for bags, uh, that they can just message me on on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, or messenger sorry um so messenger or or instagram or twitter there i am open or um you can just call me uh 079-631-6050 so i'm always keen to take calls um and then you can always email me so gxa gxarha bukani b-u-k-a-n-i at gmail.com so that's my uh so if you'd like to place uh, an order for there so typically for um for those private client orders so those um incur a 50 percent deposit um before i start on those projects mm, excellent excellent yeah. and uh, i'm looking forward to, to finding out how this journey and this 
partnership or taking on uh, pen but this is really exciting and it, it, it's, yeah. it's, pushing, it's pushing you to uh, a new level as well so looking forward to that no yeah um well <laughs> it's 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 fun like up until now i was very stressed <laughs> about delivering to take a lot mm. and then i swear for like two seconds i was so happy that i was like the courier came and took the stuff because uh, the one has to be sent to cape town the one i took myself personally to to the one in kempton park mm. i was happy for like two seconds i was like oh yes it's done i've delivered and then afterwards the reality hit these have to sell that they have to sell it's <laughs> yeah you yeah. know i, I actually mm-hmm. i have to work to to empty and clear the stock now empty. you know so like it's like so it's, it's it's one of those crazy things i, I don't think as an intro, as an entrepreneur we know the words rest i, I don't think no. it exists no 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 <laughs> and it's important to constantly remind ourselves <laughs> and bread right oh. well uh anati thank you for making the time yeah. on Tivo uh, Action Podcast. It's uh, always great to speak to people like yourself that are trying to push that envelope and further the narrative yeah. on the youth, the African continent, South African, probably South African product. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. No, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Um, sure. And I'm actually glad we had it at this point because I feel like at the stage that um i initiated i, I don't think i, I would have i would have known this much about yeah. uh huh yes i believe so <laughs> yeah like i i'm actually glad that we it was delayed up until now yeah because And i think I'll imagine how much greater <laughs> would be towards the end of this year Yeah man. Yeah. All right. Um sure. uh all to all my listeners, thank you for joining me Tune in next week. Until then, it's been a pleasure.